In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to Shit Show, your weekly podcast that covers the events and instances in history where man's best laid plans go completely off the rails. I am Gus. You are blank. (laughs) We'll edit that in post. (laughs) I'm... I am Rig. Great to be here. And wow, you were, that was so smooth, that, that intro. Velvet. <laughs> Actual velvet. And, <laughs> and you know why? Because uh, I've, I'm unburdened by the thought that our dungeon might be um, overrun by vermin. Because when we came in here, we had left a full bowl of soya crisps on the table and they were untouched. Yeah, So it, which is hilarious because now we know what the kryptonite is. <laughs> So if we start laying them like rat traps <laughs> around the dungeon, Hansel and Gretel style, yeah. will lead all of the rat tails straight out of the dungeon, <laughs> leaving only booby pee in here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how you been, mate? Mate, been good. Had uh, had my Christmas party on the weekend, so Ooh. which relatively non-eventful. We we go up to northern New South Wales. We stay at a children's camp. Uh, oh, that's a terrible intro. No, well, I, well, for a reason. It's just because there's like 300 people that go to this thing. Sure. Families, all that sort of stuff. Okay. So we're up there and at one stage, uh, two girls from the office drunkenly walked around with what I can only describe as like glitter paste or glitter lube. I don't know what it was, oh, but they were just smearing okay. it on everyone. <laughs> and it went on <laughs> my face and glitter has been in my beard and on my body <laughs> I cannot get rid of it. Glitter is the devil's dust. It will not, it cannot and will not be destroyed by fucking any sort of scrubbing. It's ridiculous. That's it. Until it consumes soya crisps and becomes some kind of Power Rangers-esque mega Mega zord. The only thing that I can think of there is, uh, so just to recap, you went with 300 people, including families and children, yes. to a kids' camp yes. where two female co-workers smeared lube all over people's faces. Sick workplace. <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. And uh, But when it happened, like it, I literally could not... The worst thing about having glitter in your beard, especially around people that you work with, I went to the office on Monday and they were just like... Mm, haven't you showered? And I'm like, of course I've showered. <laughs> this shit just does not come out. It cannot be destroyed by conventional means. <laughs> yeah, that's less of a reflection on you and more a reflection on the hardiness of the lube. Oh yeah, I know. And people like people just found it fascinating. And the I, lube or the or whole the, thing, the, the glitter. They were just like, you've still got so much glitter on. I'm like, <laughs> I know. Fifteen people have told me that. We were out the next night for beers at the pub, and the waitress is like. You still you have glitter all over your face, and I'm just like, by this time I've had it, and I'm just like, you know what? Well, I'm shining on the outside because I'm dying on the inside. <laughs> and as a single man, and famously single as a result of this podcast, you are no <laughs> yeah. This is the reason you are no stranger to a beard full of lube. Yeah. <laughs> your next album, up, mate. I. Be- <laughs> A beard, beard full of lube. lube. Oh, that is album number four. Crystal. My, dis- my, my discography is growing by the week. <laughs> I bought that churning. I bought that fifty-five gallon drum off Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we digress. Yeah, and that's why I'm going to introduce the first segment. <laughs> wow. 
really got into that loop chat. Jesus. So, first cab off the rank is going to be Trainwreck Trophy, as we have want to do every single episode. So, <laughs> you have gone through the internet, you've trawled it like a fisherman in open waters, and before you give everybody the comedy nuggets that you fished out of the ocean, let's play the sting. Flawless. Wow. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't know if you know, and I'm surprised I have to tell you this. Run as it a, past me. As a man in his early 30s. Go on. You cannot get nuggets out of the sea. Uh, <laughs> I beg to differ. Well, the sea is not a Macca's, so <laughs> don't know what to tell you. Anyway, we digress. What do you got? So, train wreck number one. So, Tom Sietzema. That's... Ugh. What? I don't know what that is or where that comes from. He's American. Great. So it's not like anything weird. It's just... How's it spelled? S-I-E-T-S-E-M-A. Sietzim. I don't know why you're doing it in an accent. Yeah, okay, cool. No, yours is fine. Sietzim. Tom. Tom is a... (laughs) Tom is a food critic for the Washington Post. Great. Wapo, as it gets called. (laughs) I can almost assume it's WAPO. <laughs> WAPO, WAPO, Wait, WAPO. What the hell was that? <laughs> WAPO, WAPO, WAPO. So he does what food critics do. He goes out twice a week, has some meals, takes some photos of the food and the restaurants and writes them up. In addition, though, Tom also hosts a weekly online Q&A. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why does a food critic need this? I have zero idea. I've seen Chef. And I can only assume it's because uh, we're still in the world of blogs and everybody <laughs> is super into restaurants being trashed. I seriously have no idea why that would even exist, though. It's like to justify his fucking salary. Are people asking or saying shit they already know if they'd read his review? Like everybody on a Sydney Morning Herald Facebook post <laughs> <laughs> who this- writes shit who have not read the article. You're asking this, and there are YouTube channels of kids opening presents that are worth millions. Yeah. Let's ask no more questions about the internet today. It just bizarre. Like, do they... Are they just trying to, like, what's a chive? Like, <laughs> what... <laughs> how fluffy does a souffle need to be? I have no idea, but it angers me that a weekly online Q&A happens with Tom from WAPO. Like, <laughs> Hi, Tom. Long-time reader, first-time typer. <laughs> Just wondering, I've been really struggling with toast. Any tips? Yeah. <laughs> Set it to two and a half. Ah, oh, of course. Furiously scribbles <laughs> notes down. Anyway, the baffling, the baffling weekly online Q&A with a food critic was playing out this week when the following message comes through. Quote, well, Tom, your latest review is accompanied by a picture of my husband dining with a woman who isn't me. Oh, oh. <laughs> Once confronted with photographic evidence, he confessed to having an ongoing affair. Just thought you'd be amused to hear of your part in the drama. This Thanksgiving, I'm grateful for you for exposing a cheat. (laughs) (laughs) So, originally when I read this, I was like, imagine how fucking annoyed the guy feels taking his mistress on a date, as you do, only to be photographed in a restaurant during a food review and having it published in the paper. He's there like... Oh, what are the fucking chances? <laughs> See, if this was in France, that's a photo that goes on the mantelpiece. 
<laughs> what a lovely night. So your wife and kids walk past it every day. Absolutely. Oh, you were out with Michelle. <laughs> Wonderful. How is she? Mm, Trebian. Pretty. <laughs> but you can imagine him being like, what are the chances before going full Scooby-Doo villain and being like, and it would have got away with it too if it weren't for you meddling wapo <laughs> critics. Yeah, I bet Tom was pumped. That's definitely the best thing that's ever happened on his blog slash oh, podcast. Yeah. He's getting a lot of hits after this. But after originally thinking how bad it was for the guy, I realised I was definitely in the wrong corner. Yeah, you, you have backed the wrong horse here. Yeah, wrong corner of the ring. So I stopped massaging this old, bald, fat guy's shoulders. <laughs> walked across the canvas to the wife. And, yeah, I've, she- got, and I've gone like, look, Holy shit, what a way to find out for her. Yeah, but also, uh, what wonderful internet poetic justice. There's The it, best. There's no better way for someone to find out than when they are just trying to find out what a chive is. <laughs> That's all they wanted. That's all. That was the whole goal for the day, and instead they got adultery. <laughs> Would you like a side salad? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is as well, there are a lot of husbands reading this and be like, oh, what an idiot. That's why I don't take my mistress out. <laughs> Once again, That's why we get Maccas. That's why we get nuggets straight out of the ocean. Once again, for anyone that ends up with Rig, now you know where all of the red flags are. <laughs> so the rest of our non-cheating audience continue being awesome. <laughs> but given the evidence, I reckon she'll be dancing around like Dave Scott Gant after he's just robbed the cash vault. <laughs> Just dancing around to bloody careless whisper. That's it. <laughs> Surrounded by bricks of cash that she's going to get post-divorce. <laughs> so Sietsuma uh, was, was, was stunned and a little dubious before pleading the fifth. Please, please, please tell me this is a crank post. I'd hate to learn otherwise. So he's genuinely caring. But then backflips and like puts the whole thing on his Twitter and is just like, cheaters, take heed. Because <laughs> oh, his oh. agent has gotten on to- onto him and been like, you fucking idiot. Any publicity <laughs> is good publicity. <laughs> cheaters, cheaters, cheaters. You're a restaurant also, if you're running a Q&A. <laughs> exactly. Mate, things are not good in the hood. <laughs> Run with this. Use the following hashtags. Cheating, infidelity, <laughs> wife, <laughs> husband, <laughs> mistress, Trebian, oh. nuggets of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> so that's train wreck number one. Oh, wow. Well. Train wreck number two. John Schnatter. Does that name oh does that name ring a bell? It doesn't, but I want it to. <laughs> He's actually made our show before. Hold on, is he known by another name? Uh, how's that spelt? Let me just uh, <laughs> John <laughs> Schnatter. S C H N A T T E R. Sounds like. Could you use? It I'll, in I'll say the same thing. Like I said, the first I made appearance on the show sounds like an offensive word. <laughs> Doesn't it? Uh, you oh, schnatter. That's pump that into Urban Dictionary and see what comes back at you. Oh, it's some sort of sex move. Oh, for sure. And we I both know what it involves. Probably German in nature. Oh, God. Don't. It, don't put it in. No. <laughs> that, that's actually <laughs> the definition. That's one of the pieces of dialogue. It's a tease. That's <laughs> the, the video is called The Schnatter <laughs> Express. And the first line is, don't, don't put, put that in. <laughs> will allow the audience to piece together the rest of the dialogue. <laughs> so, yes, he is known by another name. Yes. That name? Papa John. Oh, what? Again? So, you'll remember, he talked down black athletes who were kneeling during the anthem. Because yeah. this is because Trump 
got people to boycott the NFL, yeah. resulting in lower pizza sales. Yes. You may also remember him using the N-word on company conference calls with, like, with the ER. Yeah. Like, stuck the landing hard. Mm. After that, he was stood down. Yeah. Rightfully so. But that hasn't stopped him from being a bitter, jealous, fat, sweaty mess of a human. <laughs> he sucks. He went on a rant recently. Quote, Look, I've had over 40 pizzas in the last 30 days and it's not the same pizza. It's not the same product. It just doesn't taste as good. The way they're making the pizzas, the way they're putting the pizzas together, it's just not fundamentally sound, end quote. Hold on, before you say anything. (laughs) I have many questions. I know, but we cannot go past the crux of that, which was nothing to his central point and everything to do with the fact that he ate 40 40 pizzas 4-0, the amount of nights that the Jews walked the desert after the pharaohs expelled them. 40 pizzas in 30 days. That's 1.3 pizzas a day, Gus. Yeah, you're a maths guy. Even after six days in Rome, you're like, shit, maybe I should have some pasta and a salad. (laughs) I also love that he has not actually addressed that he ate uh, 40 of uh, Papa John's pizzas. Yeah. Uh, he has just eaten 40 pizzas. No. He's having a go at the whole concept of pizza. Actually, that brings up a good point. I don't know whether he meant he'd only had Papa John's or he'd done a full competitor review. Yeah. I'm, I'm eating my way through the pizza alphabet. But I assume it's all, it's Papa, all Papa John's. John. So I wonder if he went in there with the, like, the Groucho marks, like disguised to go and buy <laughs> the pizzas. Like, three pepperoni pizzas, please. Like putting on a weird voice. And they're just like... Are you the guy that said the N-word? <laughs> that brings up a great point. Who still goes to a pizza place to order a pizza in 2019? That's very, If you yeah. physically go to a pizza shop, what minority of ordering are you? Like, I love how weird this rabbit hole is going. It's just like, if you go to a pizza shop, you are a fucking sick bastard. You're a sex offender. I, that's where I was going. And you could see it in my <laughs> eyes. Like, that's, that's really... Odd behaviour. You probably, you know, put magnifying glass on ants and <laughs> shit like that, you weird, <laughs> sick fuck. Yeah, well, it's a classic schnatter move. Yeah, order it on your phone like the rest of us normies. <laughs> but how the holy fuck do you eat that much pizza? I'll tell you how. Through the sheer, insurmountable power of spite. <laughs> he's so fat. He's, he's so just fucked. so fat. No, he's so sweaty. He's oh. more sweaty than fat. And his hair has just... What he's used is ghee. Like clarified <laughs> butter that's used in Indian food. That's just all through his hair. It's fucking disgusting. Also, how's talking about pizza, like shitty franchise multinational pizza, like you're a physics professor debating views on string theory, not fundamentally <laughs> sound. It's fucking cardboard garbage pizza sold at five bucks a pop. You're that petty. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the fundamentals of pizza left the fast food industry a long time ago. People aren't scribbling on chalkboards with X's and Y's with like a fucking slice there <laughs> being like, okay, the density of the sauce. Like, mate, it's a fucking pizza. How dare you? I've seen the director's cut of A Beautiful Mind <laughs> and it is all pizza. <laughs> Just Russell Crowe scribbling dough algorithms I on a chalkboard. wondering why they dropped that Domino's product placement. <laughs> However, it wasn't just the pizza that Schnatter railed against. He also had plenty to say about Papa John's new CEO, Steve Ritchie, as well as board members Olivia Kirtley and Mark Shapiro, whom he said, quote, should be in jail. Don't think you know how business works. That's what happens when a business goes public. You fuck up, you're out of there. (laughs) 
<laughs> nor, nor does he know how jail works. I know. <laughs> this suddenly turns into like a Facebook post that you see from a high school acquaintance whose like partner cheated on them, just serving a shotgun spray <laughs> to anyone remotely involved. Like, <laughs> you ain't shit. Hope the slut was worth it. To the whore that fucked him, you ruined our relationship. Our children will never know you. Fuck my fake ass friends. <laughs> you knew shit and didn't <laughs> say shit. At least I'm classy. I deserve better. You're all trash. I'll come back bigger, better and stronger. <laughs> and no, I won't change his name from Squire Sebastian yeah. Senator. <laughs> and no, I'm not drunk. Oh, that, but those posts always, they start at like a one and they end <laughs> at, at a, a 20. It's <laughs> just so much venom coming straight <laughs> off the page. Like literally anyone. It's just like my sister-in-law's dog. You never liked me <laughs> when I, I patted you for five years. Get fucked. <laughs> It's so bad. So he goes on to say, quote, they stole the company and now they've destroyed the company. Adding that, (laughs) this is the best, the day of reckoning will come before chuckling under his breath, ending with a cryptic, stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? You best look out for pizza Jesus. Yeah, (laughs) pizza's coming for you. (laughs) The sweatiest Bond villain. (laughs) In existence. That's not a crown of thorns. That's just sponge. The last time I saw the day of reckoning will come, like those are only used in like fantasy novels. Yeah. And mementos of high school shooters. (laughs) (laughs) Super, super fucked. Yeah. So for its part though, Papa John's has actually seen growth since Schnatter's departure. Company stock increased over 48% just this year. And total revenue was up 4.8% to $404 million. <laughs> Turns out when you don't have a fat, sweaty racist at the helm, you do pretty good. <laughs> that should be tattooed down every CEO's arm. <laughs> should just be mandatory. As soon as you become the head of a company, Fortune 500, you get an arm tattoo that says, as soon as you don't have a sweaty racist at the helm, things are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. You walk in, the onboarding process is a, is a small post-it that says, don't say the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> so, train wreck number three. We've all been through a drive through And it's a familiar scene. Check the bag for all your items. Sorry, mate, there's no barbecue sauce. Then they almost become defensive and they're like, oh, are you sure? And you're like, yes, bitch, I'm sure, give up the sauce. And then they give you the tub, and then I assume track it on a wasted sheet. I don't know. I used to work in bars, not fast food. (laughs) I'm quite sure they are not tracking their barbecue sauce. (laughs) But they always seem like it's such a big deal. Like, no, 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 I put the sauce in there. (laughs) And it's like, what do I have to gain except for a seven-cent tub of potentially extra sauce. Yeah, you they're dealing with mostly the schnatters of the world who are being like, um, you missed the 4,000 barbecue sauces that I ordered and put in there. They are usually complimentary. Uh, no, Mr. Schnatter, we definitely counted out 4,000 sauces. Barbecue sauce spilling into his car. Um, there's no sauce in here. <laughs> I believe your statement is fundamentally unsound. <laughs> so, <laughs> but if you received no source, yeah. let's just say hypothetically. Okay. I'm, what, I'm with you. It's there in my mind. What do you think a level-headed response would be? Surely, I didn't get a source. Please, may I have my source? 
Janelle J. Dare, 33, was arrested Tuesday in Sandy Springs near a month, uh, nearly a month after she allegedly became so irate about not receiving napkins or utensils with her meal in a Shelbyville, Kentucky drive-thru that she pulled out a gun uh. and fired multiple shots into the restaurant. What? I think, we have ne- I think we've proven by now that the R. Kelly method, a.k.a. and then I get out my gun, <laughs> does not work. <laughs> what rational person brings a gun with them to KFC anyway? All of America. <laughs> I think she just brought an I wish a motherfucker would attitude to the drive-thru. <laughs> Weird placement of that attitude. Yeah, it's, it, it is strange. But uh, taking your gun to a restaurant in America is like remembering your keys in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it is not a Testicle. big deal. <laughs> what is it? Spectacles, testicles, testicles, wallet and gun. <laughs> Won't need a watch where I'm going. <laughs> I'm not coming back. Yeah, the time. I'm not, I'm not back. <laughs> the time is always gonna clock. <laughs> America. And I love the fact that it was in Shelbyville, Kentucky, because now I can say, as Simpsons reference, I've always wanted to say, I don't know, seems like more of a Shelbyville idea. <laughs> so the incident occurred on Oct- uh, October uh, 28th. Shelbyville police told AGC.com officers were dispatched to the KFC around 11.45 a.m. Oh, <laughs> Oh, morning shootings. <laughs> they are the worst. After, <laughs> I think all shootings are the worst. But yeah, I mean, in the morning, I'm groggy. I haven't had my coffee. <laughs> no, no. I, I'd, yeah, I'd say that people are expecting them late at night. Yeah. Uh, I, the morning the morning is theoretically, I think, a, a shoot-free zone. Yeah. You, you, you don't expect that. No. It's like when you get a it's 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 a not necessarily a nice little thing that you get at the end of something oh my god but it's what? something that you definitely don't expect it's yeah. like when you get a complimentary shot after your meal in an italian restaurant it's like oh well that was unexpected i think we're talking about different shots <laughs> and and whatever italian restaurant you're going to in sydney you should stop going there <laughs> so no one was injured during the shooting after identifying Dare as the shooter, investigators tracked her to Atlanta, secured warrants for her arrest and extradition. So she remains held without bond. And uh, I love that this actually happened in Kentucky, oh, at yeah. a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Can't wait for that next marketing campaign. KFC, it's trigger licking good. <laughs> so good. So that is the third train wreck. All right. So those are three very strong competitors. Yep. Just to recap them. Thank you. I didn't realise I needed a lead-in to recap. <laughs> we've only been doing this for two seasons. <laughs> so, first we've got Wappo, Wappo, Wappo critic, Tom Sietzema, contributing ah, yes. to the breakdown of a marriage. Yep. We have train wreck number two, the fat schnat from <laughs> AKA Papa John, Grumpy ex-CEO <laughs> of Papa John's, <laughs> who ate 40 pizzas in 30 days and started serving like all the people who took his job and said they should be in jail. And then we've got train wreck number three, which was uh, the woman who shot up a KFC for not getting napkins and utensils. <laughs> Look, just for the pure balls to the wall, I'm having a, a worse day than you, Factor. Uh, it has to be trigger licking good, number yeah. three. <laughs> KFC, shoot him up. Play the sting. The thing I love about that is, you know, when you talk to... Well, I'll tell you what it's like because you don't remember single life. But, you know, sometimes people ask you a question like, 
you know, what, what do you admire in another person? Something that comes up a lot is, is passion. And like, I, I want someone to be passionate about something. I, she's just passionate about customer service. <laughs> she's passionate about getting what she paid for, utensils, napkins. And if you don't give it to me, I'm that passionate about it, I'm shooting up this fucking store. <laughs> Not only that, but there is nothing in that story that actually confirms that she didn't get napkins and utensils <laughs> the first time Didn't around. even check the bag. No, no way. She was just ready to fire. Alrighty, so uh, we move on to the next segment, people segment, uh, the the front runner of uh, of segments, uh, as far as we're concerned, or as far as I'm concerned. I just keep telling it at you during every <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it is one star reservoir, which is just a seemingly large mountain of research now, <laughs> trying to find one star reviews from the net for anything and everything. Play the sting. Yeah. I wanna take you to a one star. I wanna take you to a one star. I wanna take you to a one star, one star reservoir. Wow! That intro has gone down about as well as glitter lube in my beard. <laughs> I.e. not well. Look, everybody listening knows exactly what the segment is. If you're new to the show and I haven't done that justice, I'm so sorry. Please stay. It's real good. <laughs> what do you got for us? All right. So I've gone uh, back to the classics. A lot of trawling of TripAdvisor, and there are some gems that I've found. Oh, go. This has to be the biggest rip-off going. I'm literally on the dinner cruise right now writing a review because it's the only thing keeping me from throwing my body off this boat into the murky waters <laughs> below. Please tell me that this is Tom Sietzema. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe anyone has the audacity to charge money for this trip. When we arrived at the dock, I was immediately filled with regret. We boarded a dumpy boat and were shuffled in with two Russian couples and a guide who proclaimed, we will be in the river for three long hours. <laughs> I thought he was just a disgruntled employee, but he couldn't be more right. This tour is endless. You are soon joined by other random tour groups from around the city and they sit you at a table for eight with zero privacy. The waiters are dressed like slobs with zero pride in where they work. But why should they have any pride in this place? It's now hour two and I'm praying for the sweet release of death, which, given the food at the buffet tonight, could come quickly. The food was such slop. None of the hot food was even remotely warm. It was also barely palatable. We were greeted with a complimentary aperitif, which could only be described as rubbing alcohol with a faint taste of Petrovka. We were then charged for all subsequent drinks. No matter what we ordered, it was mixed with the ability of a 14-year-old whose parents went away for the weekend and left the liquor cabinet unlocked. <laughs> Nausea quickly overtook both my boyfriend and I, but at least there's dessert. Hope you like something that tastes like a two-week-old Entenmann's coffee cake. Gotta go now. The keyboardist is playing the soundtrack to Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> you know, the uplifting tale of Tsarist troops evicting the Jewish community from Anatevka. Let the romance continue. P.S. I held off on posting this until we got back to shore, and I'm glad I did. We were dropped off at the dock, and to add insult to injury, the tour buses that picked us up outside our hotel were not there to pick us up. We were ditched down by the river at 10.30pm with no idea how to get home. Avoid this tour at all costs. <laughs> the best is, you should read the review from the Russian couple. They're like, it's five star. We get on boat, which is much good plumbing, and uh, a bear play my favorite tracks from Fiddler on the Roof, <laughs> uplifting tale of Russian superiority. <laughs> and the, uh, surely it's got translation things, or <laughs> just like, and they play favorite song from Violin on Ceiling. 
<laughs> I enjoy many free course of crab collage, and my wife, she uh, look at homosexuals next to us and say, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Five star. Five star. Okay, here's the next one. This one took me so long, I had to actually go and proofread it. Uh, proofread, oh my God, I have to proofread wow. myself. Wow. But I, but I had to proofread it as if I was a sub-editor at an actual paper. <laughs> the I, WAPO! I, 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 <laughs> so I was a sub-editor at WAPO, WAPO! But I, I had to add all punctuation. Sure. This place is not safe or clean and should be bulldozed. That's if the roaches don't decide to ship this luxury establishment and cart it off. Our six-year-old is still traumatised. Sorry it's long, but the dishonesty of this place starts right at the beginning and gets even worse by the end. My family was travelling from overseas, so we decided to stop in Wollongong for one night. Oh, So much wrong with that sentence. God. Hey. Ill-advised. I, I know you're in over from London and Europe is on your doorstep. Here's Wollongong. <laughs> My amazing hubby could see how exhausted I was lately and took, upon it him, uh, took it upon himself to make the booking. He found this outstanding place online. He calls and gets a lady who quotes $154 per night. We then discussed this and decided it's in a good lo location and as I always book the Sage and for $150 it should be in the middle bracket for our budget. He calls back and a man answers. Hubby proceeds with booking and pays in full which concerned me as we normally pay on arrival. Hubby ends call and is very pleased with himself, as I normally book, and he knows he just earned brownie points with me. Oh, has he, he? He then tells me his conversation. The cost was $180 a night, but he got a discount as it's just been sprayed for German cockroaches, so <laughs> the man will drop it to $150. Oh, oh, no. It has been thoroughly cleaned, though, but we may find a few dead ones. He will leave the key in the lockbox for us. We get there at 6.15pm and drove past three times not wanting to stop. OMG. Nasty. <laughs> I was determined to suck this one situation up and stay as hubby did a good deed. No one was to be seen on arrival. Key was in the box with a free little milk. <laughs> Vintage regional motel. <laughs> Australian <laughs> regional motel. That's it. Reception? Go fuck yourself. But here's a milk. Some <laughs> milk for here's your a, troubles. Here's a tiny warm milk with no expiry. I feel like that's one of those things that they would add as like a top benefit for their hotel <laughs> free little milk alright so we proceeded to go to the roach room via two flights of stairs into a dirty narrow corridor and put the key in the door it opens only for us to see dirt covered tiles that were broken we enter to a horrific thick stench of a dirty ashtray smoke mould and urinal block smell oh. shower curtain had mould holes were stained and looked to be the same age of the antique cast iron blue bathrooms that were in fashion in the 1930s <laughs> <laughs> Carpet had cigarette burns, was stained, and had critters going about their business in all directions on the floor, the stovetop, and the bedhead. Oh, it's an insect orgy hotel. It's so hectic. I touched the window curtain and my hand was left with a weird thick grease, <laughs> which I assume was supplied by John Schnatter's hair. <laughs> Towels were old, thin, frayed, and stained. Duvet covers must have been purchased in 1927. I went to open the window where the old food port hole once was, and surprise, no screen. One positive, though, the aircon worked. We dumped our bags as the smell was horrendous, so we went for dinner. During this time, Hubby called relentlessly to the desk to discuss room conditions and a refund. No answer. We get back to the room at about 10.15pm to find our bags moved to the door entry area, TV on, brand new cigarettes on the coffee table, 
Hubby got excited as he thought this is service. They supplied me with exactly what I smoke. <laughs> he was puzzled as to how they came in, <laughs> how they came by this information, but was sto- but was stoked until the realization of me freaking out about what was going on set in. <laughs> there was an iPad and iPhone charging, a fridge full of food, and a classy recycle bag with a few items of clothing in it. Confused as to who owned items in our room, <laughs> Hubby calls the owner and out of nowhere, his little skinny, worn, wrinkled-looking lady appears with a cuppa, looking like she has hung out in more back streets than we have had hot dinners. <laughs> we the are mayor of Wollongong. <laughs> <laughs> Just decided to see yeah. a couple of her local establishments. <laughs> and talk to the constituents. We asked, what are you doing in our room? She couldn't really answer this or understand what we were so upset about. In fact, she told us she was more than happy to share the room. (laughs) A guy wearing only shorts gets to the door and starts with, whoops, I gave you the wrong key by mistake, before trying to clear up his story that was not adding up at all. His rant finished with, man, haven't you ever made a mistake? And yelling, calm down to my hubby who was extremely calm. (laughs) While our six-year-old was petrified and crying. Oh, there's a kid there as well. We demanded a full refund. He agreed along with the comment, you don't intimidate me. <laughs> <laughs> that is vintage Wollongong. <laughs> oh Fine, I'll give you the refund. You don't intimidate me. <laughs> my God. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic Wednesday night in yeah. the gong. <laughs> a, the guy who runs the motel took all of his ice for the week. <laughs> <laughs> has decided to, you know, just do room allocations while a little bit cut. Yeah. <laughs> I was still in the room and could not lock the door as the chain slider was broken from being kicked in. <laughs> I started taking pictures of everything just in case as our belongings weren't locked. When leaving, I asked our roomie, don't you see a problem here? Her reply, no, I'd rather make friends than anger. WTF. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor. The mayor. We then booked in at Sage, and after hearing about our nightmare, they, up- they upgraded us, gave us free breakfast parking, and made a distraught son, our distraught son, a hot chocolate. <laughs> we made a distraught son. Yeah, <laughs> some random kid. <laughs> Who was there? Final deception was when I looked up reviews on TripAdvisor. Poor hubby didn't get a discount at all, as everyone pays $154. <laughs> oh, yes. And we are not the only ones to arrive back to an extra guest in the room. At least we were not locked out like some of the others. Oh, Wow. What? I mean, I guess we're opening ourselves up to a lawsuit, but that's certainly one where you name and shame it. You would think so, but I I am not. (laughs) Okay. Here's the third one. Check-in process was like handing yourself into police custody, except the prison warden has also brought their drug dealer boyfriend along for a laugh. Oh, good. Bedding and towels are thrown to you in a bin bag as you're led to your windowless cell. (laughs) This is the point you should try and make a run for it. Use the bag as a tent and sleep in a bush. It'll be infinitely more peaceful and smell less offensive. One room has the odour of your nan's dead foot skin. (laughs) The other admittedly doesn't but then it does have an extractor fan from a hovercraft engine. (laughs) Both, however, are lit to roughly around 20,000 lumens (laughs) with lights that cannot be turned off. Stadium lights indoors. The capsules also don't have curtains on them, so good luck if you need darkness to sleep, I guess. (laughs) Downing a litre of whiskey before bed would be advisable anyway, as you don't feel the mattress trying to harvest your organs in the night. The bedding spaces also haven't been cleaned for a while as we found a receipt from last month. 
<laughs> but also 3P, so the joke's on the staff. <laughs> <laughs> Say 3Ps? Yeah, no, like 3 pe- like three pence. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant individual Ps. <laughs> and I'm like, is this a weird broken <laughs> fairy tale? Under the mattress. We'll give you everything. Free little milk, three individual peas. (laughs) Loos and bathrooms seem to be only cleaned by human traffic alone, judging by the hair deposits. Also, check for loo roll before you sit down, as you may be forced prematurely into your first improvised bidet experience (laughs) with a shower head attachment. (laughs) Don't expect any soap either, because you're criminal scum. (laughs) Uh, Overall, never stay in this place, even if it's your last resort. Embrace the sweet release of death. (laughs) (laughs) And that is One Star Reservoir. Oh, my God. What a trilogy. Oh, it's amazing. Which means it only took me seven hours to find. (laughs) Which means we move on to the Plat de Jour, the shit show story time for this week, which you have, my friend. You've gone on a deep dive through the best that history has to offer in the way of good intentions that have gone horribly awry. What have you got for us? Alrighty, my friend. I am taking you to the heady, wealth-filled time of 1904. Vienna, Austria. Yes. Been there? Have I been to Austria in 1904? That was just just an odd tone for me. What I meant to say was, been there. Good. (laughs) Rig is a time traveller. And with his one time the place, obviously, experience, not the time. he went to Austria in 1904. What a horrible place to go. It's like you have the DeLorean. Where do you want to go? Easy. 1904, <laughs> Vienna, Austria. 1904, anywhere. <laughs> Just anywhere. Just a real boring year. Oh, transience. Anyway, Martha Lowenstein is uh, born in 1904, and uh, she's born into a family of poverty. She. Why uh, were you looking at me like that was a punchline? <laughs> <laughs> Into a family of poverty. Because. Oh, ha ha ha. Because Martha is an orphan. Yes, that's right. Both her parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Starts the way it always starts. <laughs> dead parents. <laughs> that's just the pre wet requisite, I feel like, for you. For my story. If there's no dead parents. <laughs> It's not happening. Yeah. It's not making the show. If there's no dead parents, is it even a story? <laughs> anyway, so she's off at an early age and she comes into the care of a poor Viennese family. So in 1919, she begins working in a dress shop. Once, a, once again, just to confirm, both her parents are dead. Still, <laughs> de- still dead when she's working in the dress shop. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> she is described as being a very youthful beauty. I assume that... Shades that- of Honolulu. <laughs> Oh, this story. Is she dead? Is she a corpse? <laughs> Not yet. Is she... this the twist? Her parents are dead. She is also dead. <laughs> Somehow working in the dress shop <laughs> by a <laughs> series of strings. Uh, no, she's a, at this point a useful beauty, i.e. she is 15. Yeah. She catches the eye of a wealthy 74-year-old oh, department store owner. Good and before Lord. everyone comes at me and is like, oh, she's just getting what's hers. Yeah, okay, fine. Wait till the end of the story. <laughs> Why would anyone think that that's the place it's going to go? I'm covering. Oh, it she's just getting hers. <laughs> I'm covering. Not like, basis. oh, that's statutory rape. <laughs> well, you went a real different route. I'm just making sure that everybody knows that if there's one thing that we are not shitting on, it is 
young women marrying old men, unless they are 15 and he is 74, <laughs> in which case, as you said, quite rapey. Yeah. <laughs> so he, in the early 20s, uh, decides to take her in as his ward, which is, again, oh. super fucking creepy. Now this is Shades of Woody Allen. Isn't it? So uh, 1921, she's 17, and he takes her in to be her carer and her father figure, slash uh, marry her. So his oh family God. is stoked. Her family are dead. So... <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> So <laughs> even after all these years, you still got me. Uh, so only one family is there to judge, and they are judging. Not happy. I'm surprised they're not dead if he's <laughs> 74. Um, I think it's mostly his actual kids, yeah, etc. Right. Yeah, they're they're not pumped about it. Um, so he sends her to an expensive finishing school in France, and she gets kicked out of that. So he sends her to a finishing school in England. I guess he's just like great. Uh, well, I'm going to keep running this department store. You go get finished. Um, <laughs> where she's surrounded by wealth and opulence and gets a real taste for the, for the high life. Yep. Um, when she finishes school, she returns to live with him and then, for no apparent reason, begins a secret affair with a young engineer. Okay, I love how you say, for no reason. I was being completely sarcastic. Amazing. <laughs> she didn't pick up on that. She's living with a 74, now a 78-year-old bloke. Yeah. As if she's not going to be attracted to a 20-something anything. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Emil. I might shut up and kiss me. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you are living with Mr. Burns, <laughs> even Homer Simpson is attractive. Yeah, absolutely. So, then... Fritch dies. Who? Marth, uh, the old bloke. What's his name? Uh, Fritch. <laughs> Moritz Fritch. Right, okay. Uh, he dies and Martha inherits his entire estate. His family are ropeable. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> they could see this one coming a mile off. Yeah. Uh, but she inherits it all and in 1924, Emil and Martha marry and live lavishly upon the inheritance money. Yeah. However... Turns out they're living a little too hard and fast because they burn through all of this old bloke's cash. Yeah. So immediately they sell his mansion. Got to get more funds. Jesus. Got to get more hard, cold cash. Yeah. Uh, and then they burn through that. Time for scheme number one, Martha and Emile's get-rich-quick scheme. <sighs> it goes something like this. Martha takes out an insurance policy on her husband, which covers him for accidents uh, and pays £10,000, oh. which is a fortune in 1920-odd. Uh, Look, honey, I just need you to lose a leg. Holy shit. What? The Marricks then carried out a staged accident, which called for a meal to actually lop off his own leg. No! Oh, my God! You called it! How have I done this? <laughs> Way downtown! Oh, my God! Rig for three. It's me and Booby P. <laughs> I'm on one wing. He's on the other wing. Bombing trays. <laughs> Holy shit. No joke. I cannot believe that. Can you imagine her selling this into a meal and being like, Cool. So I've got a solution to our money problems. I love you so much. I'm going to cut off your fucking leg for oh, insurance. Fucking hell. <laughs> yep. So uh, it's supposed to look I, like. I see, I'm sorry. I just cannot I believe that. It's immense. How? That's how many times? This is like the fifth time I've done this. Unbelievable. You Holy are. I mean, shit. In the in the pyramid, it goes at the very top. Crackle a clairvoyant. Yeah. Then a rung below that. 
you. Yeah. Very distant third. I've predicted shit. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> Emil is supposed to uh, have been... Uh, it's supposed to look like he was chopping wood, um, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and has cut his own leg off, which you've got to be super shit at chopping wood to do. Yeah. But to, to cut it clean off. So the whole plan comes apart at the seams when Emil sort of chickens out as the blade's coming down and moves his leg. So doesn't fully sever his leg. Oh, shit. He shatters the bone and half cuts his leg off. Oh. (laughs) So Martha, not to be deterred, is like, oh, that's fine. Grabs the axe no. and goes to town no! on his leg <laughs> while he's screaming, and eventually oh. she just admits defeat, and they go to hospital. So she doesn't make it all Not the way she, through. The she leg. doesn't get the whole way through the leg, oh, but shit. he's losing absolute pints of blood, and so they go to hospital, and she's like, "Oh my god, it's he's uh, hit his leg with an axe while he was chopping wood." Yeah. While it's quite clear there's about fifty different attempts. Yeah. At this thing, and they're like, "Did he do this fifty times? <laughs> How dumb is your husband?" He's a shit wood chopper. <laughs> while Emil is just going, "Give me all of your sweet nineteen twenty four morphine." <laughs> It was basically just the original recipe Coke <laughs> with the actual <laughs> cocaine in it. Sigmund Freud's there being like, it's good. Yeah. Um, so he does get his leg amputated because no three that. quarters of his leg is cut off. Yeah. And then they go, okay, released from hospital, time to get our sweet, sweet insurance dollars. Oh, my God. <laughs> As you can imagine, the insurance company happened to employ someone with eyes. <laughs> <laughs> who have uh, spoken to the hospital and gone uh, and read the report and said, okay, the hospital report indicates that there were many different cut marks and it looks like it was first a single cut and then many more <laughs> sharp range cuts. <laughs> Blunt force trauma. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that they say the accident was deliberate. They're not paying out. The Merricks get charged with attempted fraud. So in a last attempt to save herself and her husband, Martha then tries to double down and bribes a nurse from the hospital oh. to say that the multiple cuts on um, that the, the husband that Emil's doctor had himself been bribed by insurance agents. Right. So she bribes a nurse to say the doctor and her had been bribed by the insurance company. Right. Which she agrees to. The insurance company immediately, the fraud charges get dropped by the cops. The insurance company start being investigated by the police. Oh. And then the nurse, as people have the uh, the ability to do when yep. they're in a position of leverage, says, cool, now give me heaps more cash. Yeah. <laughs> the Marricks go, fuck that. We've already given you cash. Do your worst. So the nurse does, goes to the cops and is like, they bribed me. <laughs> so all of a sudden they're up on bribery charges and they get four months in prison. Oh. For no apparent reason, the insurance company pays them out. What? Makes no sense. The insurance company pays They're them out. They're like, we don't, we don't want to fuck with these guys. Totally. They are actually insane. Exactly. So, inst- he, so she, it, she chopped off his leg. Big time. So instead of getting the £10,000, though, they only get £3,000, which barely covers the legal costs. So they back to square one. Yeah. They get released from prison. They live in uh, Algeria for a time. They have two kids. That is hard times. Isn't it? That is the definition of hard times. (laughs) 
That actually, that's the definition of having a Facebook occupation or Facebook education of School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> to go from the heady heights of Vienna, Austria, 1904, let's not forget, to Algeria, yeah. Northern Africa. Completely. And don't forget that this is a woman who has developed a real taste for wealth yeah. and for luxury. And so these things are not fine in the Marek household. Also, now they've got two kids, so even more mouths to feed. Um, so they return to Vienna. Martha is so... They're so poor that Martha is forced to sell vegetables on the street, which when you think about it, and it's, what, 1930, not the worst job. It's, it's far from a great job, but I think it's still not the worst job. Isn't it weird how we've come full circle where now if you sell fruit in Marrickville in 2019, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> oh, you are minted. <laughs> you own property. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it's time for Martha to get rich quick again. Realises that a meal is the problem here and what she did wrong the first time around was to involve him. So what's the solution? Cut off his other leg. Life insurance. Oh, so wow. all of a sudden, Emil has difficulty swallowing and oh. uh, starts suffering numb limbs uh, and then he dies. So he dead. Doctors arrive and they... Show me arsenic. <laughs> they say that I'm on was, a roll now. They say that it was none other than the 2BC tuberculosis. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh my Back God. The team is taking shape. Me on the one wing, <laughs> Booby P on the other wing, in the center, 2BC for the dunk. <laughs> Amazing. So, so the doctor's like, yeah, uh, tuberculosis. And then weeks later, their seven-year-old daughter dies. Also oh. from tuberculosis. Oh. Weird. Both deaths put a lot of cash in Martha's pocket. No way. Then all of a sudden, uh, she... Starts staying with her wealthy, ageing aunt, Suzanne. And she moves in to care for her. And within a couple of months, Lowenstein all of a sudden seems to have tuberculosis and dies. Suzanne, oh, go on. God. So that's three down. And so she, Martha inherits her aunt's small fortune, which she immediately spends as oh. she has want to do. i got to say, 2BC, putting up some great numbers. It's enormous. Like these are these are all time numbers because two BC in one family. I mean, in one family, sure, but like all, all time, he's in the you know he's in the twilight. He's just he's a bench player now. He's not the starting five. Yeah, he's but, six, six man. But it, yeah, he's six man. He's coming off the bench and he's doing well. Like enough to keep him on the team. Give him another contract, <laughs> one more year. <laughs> he's going year by year though. Yeah, and then just Martha left. She opens her house to two boarders. A man named Newman and an elderly woman named Kittenberger. Newman. Which of <laughs> these two? Here's a choose your own adventure. Which of Newman or Kittenberger gets tuberculosis? Both. Incorrect. Just Kittenberger. Damn it. <laughs> so Kittenberger dies. And weirdly, the insurance company are totally fine with Martha having taken out an ins a life insurance policy on her border's on a rando, <laughs> on yeah. a random elderly woman that lived with her, she only gets three hundred bucks. Well, like, she was old. Yeah, I mean, she's just she's so still. old. <laughs> 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 she's 
So, but that's what it's come to. Martha is now at this point being like, "I'll take anything and everything." Three hundred bucks for an old woman? Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> she's probably thinking, "Bargain." Two BC will take her in three days. Two BC is now four points. It's going four it's, points off the bench. It's going around. Um, so, not not enough uh, taking out life insurance policies on people. It's time for Martha to uh, go to another style of insurance fraud, and she has expensive paintings in her house that are that are her deceased aunts, but they they're hanging in the house. Yeah, and she has them stolen in inverted commas and hidden in a warehouse. Reports that to the uh, to the police and enters a claim with the company that had shoed the paintings, which was the same company she'd taken out all her life insurance policies with. And this is the red flag for them. Unbelievable. How is this the red flag? <laughs> Unbelievable it took this long. Because she has received eight different payouts. <laughs> uh, six. Whatever. It's a lot. But it's a lot. Whatever it is. Anything more than like one, one. or two in a <laughs> lifetime is huge. But this is where it gets good because the detective who's assigned to investigate her claim is a man called Ignatz Peters. And he's gone through his whole life ha- ha- being called Ignatz. <laughs> so <laughs> shit, so he's got good. a real chip on his shoulder. He has an axe to grind, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> and that is even more relevant because he's the bloke who mishandled her leg amputation case all those years oh back. Oh, my God. It's he- a revenge tale. Exactly. So he's instantly suspicious and he goes to search warehouses across Vienna, finds the paintings and all of a sudden goes, this is all I need to go deep dive into the case. So Martha gets arrested and is once again charged with insurance fraud, for, which for her is a Wednesday. <laughs> so <laughs> when Kittenberger's son learns of the arrest, he acts on his own suspicions and approach, pr- approaches belief with this incredible concept, a, a theory that Martha has killed his mum. <laughs> He's the only person to this point that has a brain. <laughs> yeah. Because that is not far-fetched <laughs> at all and makes perfect sense. It also, that brain has not been ravaged by 2BC. <laughs> no, he's just walking the streets, loving life. So as a result, Kittenberger's body is ordered exhumed along with the bodies of Marek's deceased husband, Emil, her daughter, Nameless, and her aunt, Suzanne. Yep. The police discover that each body contains thallium, a rare and poisonous chemical compound that often presents itself as 2BC. Yes. Thallium. Get around it. Thallium or gallium? Thallium. (laughs) Thallium. Peters then sorts out uh, Marek's son and finds him. Where do you think? What, like, finds... Finds the son where? Like, uh, Martha's son. Correct. In a grave. Almost in a poor district of Vienna suffering from the effects of thallium poisoning. She'd recently taken out a life insurance policy on her son's life. Oh, my God. And he is immediately hospitalised. His life is saved as a result of this detective. Yeah. So not surprisingly, Marek's recently taken out the life insurance and that is the nail in the coffin. They have all of these bits sewn up. Or do they? Because Martha immediately says, no way, I didn't do that. It's tuberculosis. Must have been my husband, Emil. Let me walk you through the timeline. (laughs) (laughs) Emil died first. Yeah. (laughs) I rest my case. (laughs) 
<laughs> the cops basically take her full statement, saying that it was a meal. He'd confessed to her that he uh, that he had a plan uh, to kill uh, their her their child and then her aunt and then himself. And the cops listened to all of it and then told her that Emil had died first. <laughs> she is a wait, wait for her to get the whole story out and then be like. Bullshit. <laughs> totally. After like 15 minutes of sobbing. So she maintains her innocence throughout the entire process. Through the trial, through the whole thing. Oh my God. She's like, no, it was all Emil. And they're like, mate, we don't even know where to start with this. Emil died first. <laughs> <laughs> These timelines are off. It's held in the trial is held in 1938 in Austria. Yeah. So Austrian tradition. With, and also the, the prosecution uh, seals its case by proving... Oh, there we go. There goes a tin. <laughs> by proving that she'd been a steady customer of a Viennese chemist who sold thallium to her. So he comes out. He's like, yes, definitely her. And she's like, do you mean my husband, Emil? And he's like, fuck no, that guy's dead. <laughs> Your dead husband? <laughs> no, it was you. I sold you many things of thallium. And I said, hey, what are you doing with this? And you said, shut your mouth. <laughs> Killing my family. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, making buying a stew. some stuff. Like, what do you even use thallium for? Don't know. Didn't get that far. I was just too busy lolling about the fact that she blamed it on a meal who was dead. I just love the fact that the chemist is there selling thallium. It's like, was there no see something, say something policy <laughs> back then? It's like, okay, yeah. What could you possibly need with like gallons of industrial grade thallium? <laughs> It was the it was the glitter lube of the time. <laughs> Smearing on each other's faces and beards. What do you want with this thallium? Well, I'm going to take it to my work Christmas party and smear it all over Rig's beard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, she gets the death penalty. Handed Man. down by a jury, despite her really putting forward a great case for why dead Emil should get the dead pe- death penalty. <laughs> We should kill him again, right, guys? <laughs> I don't think this is sinking in for you, Martha. <laughs> Silence across the court. And the death penalty had been reintroduced to Austria by the controlling Nazi, Nazi party. party. Yeah. Anyway, but the tradition in Austria was that uh, females who were given the death penalty would be pardoned uh, by uh, the what? head of the Austrian government. Prime Minister, President. Austria, uh, anyway... Uh, Either one. They were they were pardoned and they just get life imprisonment. Oh, right. I was about to say, pardons like people just walk out and Do, be like, yeah. fuck that. And just like walk down the stairs and like <laughs> walking on sunshine starts playing. <laughs> yeah, we're restoring the balance. Anyway, so that doesn't happen because the Nazis are in power and they said, fuck no, death penalty for everybody. Yeah, right. Death penalty for everyone. And they get really excited because this is the first person that, really? is, that is on death row under their tutelage. Also, <laughs> I would say. her last name? <sighs> I was wondering when you would uh, tweak to this. She, her married name was Marek. Yeah. Her birth name? Lowenstein. Lowenstein. Yep, absolutely. So Hitler takes one good look at that and says, super dead. You are <sighs> definitely getting the death penalty. Yep. Um, and they get so excited that they bring a guillotine to Austria. What? Yes, correct. Uh, it used to be hanging, but the Nazi party went, not, not brutal enough. So they brought a guillotine <sighs> to Austria and that became the method of execution. And oh, on man, December the 6th, 1938, Martha Lowenstein Niemarek 
or the other way around, yeah. uh, was beheaded in front of a crowd of thousands of people in the middle of Vienna. Jesus. Horror show. However, don't feel bad for her. She poisoned four people, five, including, including, including her including children. children. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, it, Put things in perspective for me. <laughs> exactly. And it was all in pursuit of all of those airs and graces that she got, got used to when she was married to a 74-year-old <laughs> department store guy. <laughs> <laughs> and boys and girls, that was, that was on his business card. <laughs> Hello, my name is Fritch, <laughs> department store guy. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it was a it was a simpler time. It was a worse time. <laughs> When you're a department store guy, you have tons of cash. Th- yeah. That's all you had to say. Department store tycoon. What happened to the department store? Did she just sell it, or no? She only got the estate. Oh, so, right. so that was that was the bit that her, that his family were pissed about was right. that she'd been married to him for about three years, yeah. and uh, she got his monster mansion and his, yeah, and his yeah, estate, yeah. and the business was left to his family. Did it say anything about what she was spending all this money on? Yes, absolutely. It says throughout the entire story that she was spending it on keeping up appearances. Right? What? Like, le- legitimately... I wanted cigar store Indians. <laughs> I wanted <laughs> ridiculous cars. I wanted all of that. I wanted hot tubs with champagne. <laughs> and what do I get? Keeping up appearances. <laughs> le- legit. That's that, Through seven different <laughs> stories, Jesus. it says that she frittered it away. So they were... They were you sp- don't fritter away... Like millions of pounds. I think history is littered with people who fritter away millions of pounds. But fritter denotes like small transactions here and there, does it not? To me, it does. What What about old mate, the uh, the king of the chavs? Yeah, he was spending twelve grand a day on crack. Like sure, that's, but like that's for crack, a frittering. Is, is, but is, is for crack, that's overs. Like if you're doing twelve grand on crack, <laughs> fine. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you're not. Crack do, you're not only five a day. Yeah, you're not doing fifty pounds on crack. You know, uh, times 50. Yeah, like, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what I would call frittering. <laughs> That's the definition of frittering. And I'm glad that we got that sorted out. <laughs> and that is the story of Martha Marek, the Thallium Queen. Yes, and my second Simpsons reference of the day, or third now, I think, the wind will always say, Lowenstein. <laughs> Lowenstein. <laughs> Her name is Weig. Anyway, that, mate, that was epic. <laughs> it's so loose. It just starts... How's the, the persistent insurance fraud? But it, it it just turns into murder so quick. Oh, mate, I'm just happy that I am now building out my team <laughs> with 2BC and Booby P. <laughs> We're slowly getting... I'm, I'm building this team, mate. Yeah, it's a, it's a dynasty in the making. Anyway, so uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us... Yes. Rig has all the details. I sure do. Guys, if you want to reach out on Instagram, we are Gus and Rig at G-U-S-A-N-D-R-I-G... Or you can find us on Facebook. Just enter in shitshow, all one word. Or if you've got something meatier to send us, send it through to shitshow.au at gmail.com. Fantastic. Oh, uh, people do get in touch with us and and also say, uh, here's a really random place that we found out about you. Or can you guys do more of this content? Uh, No, we can't. And great. Thanks for contacting us. (laughs) (laughs) However... If you do want to contact us and, and let us know where you first heard the podcast as well, that's the thing that we're going through at the moment. Yeah, but we actually, we're, we're doing that because we actually, I don't know if anyone here knows, but it's, it's good for you to know if you are travelling, is that we are on the Virgin Australia like podcast 
fucking platform. Which like, you can listen to us on a plane because someone got in touch. Yeah, they got in touch with me and, and just let me know that uh, the only reason they found our podcast was due to the incredibly poor offerings on <laughs> Virgin's in-flight entertainment system. And I don't mind saying that because Virgin are yet to pay us a single cent for our podcast. So here's two things for you, Dickie B. One, make with the cash, you rich motherfucker. <laughs> two... Seriously, improve your on in-flight offerings so that people can't find out. Po- Hold on, <laughs> this has gone poorly. I just don't know. Are they? I actually don't know how it works. Whether they're getting our new stuff or whether it's just like a collection of our old stuff. I don't actually know. It, it's a couple of eps from season one, but uh, but we have told Gergs to reach out to them and say, "Hey, uh, can you pay us?" And also, here's some new eps. So yeah, we'll. Wait and see how that goes. But at the moment, it's about five season one eps that are buried inside the uh, comedy uh, variety podcast list. Yeah, beauty. So, Real deep. So, you know, if you, if you, want, if you want to uh, re-listen to some of the greatest hits, then uh, <laughs> get on down there. Otherwise, that's us for another week, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, I've got to go and round out my team by recruiting polio <laughs> as power forward. <laughs> and I need you to come and stand here and don't mind this axe. <laughs> Jeez, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.